Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Hailing from Aberdeen, Scotland, John Black started his working life in the oil industry. In 1995, he relocated to London and founded a pioneering company specializing in the creation of websites, fostering online communities and offering digital PR services for eminent music artists. Among his distinguished clientele were illustrious names such as Beautiful South, Weezer, Destiny's Child, All Saints and Montel Jordan. His innovative sites not only garnered accolades but also shifted the paradigm by focusing on immersive fan experiences rather than mere site visits. The incorporation of forums nurtured a digital space where fans could interconnect, fostering a deep bond with the artist. He ingeniously devised tiered access based on the fans' engagement level, offering a unique hierarchy of experiences. By 2000, John designed a 3D virtual world for the X Factor creator, Simon Cowell. Transitioning to artist management in 2004, John's portfolio gleamed with success, co-managing the Scottish sensation Sandy Tom, who clinched number one spots with her debut single and album. With a stellar record of 10 number ones and 49 top 40 releases, John has managed the careers of artists like Maxi Jazz of Faithless, Stevie Appleton, Sher Lloyd, and upcoming talents such as Sam Cotton and Ruben Medlin. By 2017, John's curiosity dreamed towards blockchain technology, recognizing its transformative potential in reshaping the music industry. In 2022, when John co-founded Musos, a music tech startup, developing an app that rewards fans for their unwavering loyalty, listening to and sharing music. Musos is a music service that gamifies the listening experience and encourages the discovery of new music through rewarding engagement, provides music streamers with product rewards in exchange for their everyday streams and aims to connect fans with their favorite artists while introducing them to fresh genres and sounds. Up next on Celebs Fund, we've got co-founder of Musos, John Black. Where do we find you in the world? How are you doing and what's happening in your life? Very happy to be here and thanks for, for having me on. Um, I am currently in London. It's very wet this morning, um, but it's not too cold. But then I'm from Aberdeen in Scotland, the northeast mm. of Scotland. So this is like a heat wave for me. It's 16 degrees. Okay, so John, let's rewind. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning of how you got into the entertainment industry and how that progressed to where we are today. If I really rewind here, um, around 25 years ago, I was working in the oil industry and I was doing, I was creating technical manuals for oil field equipment. I worked for an oil service company and I set my own company up after a while doing the same thing. And then when the internet became a thing, um, it seemed a natural thing to offer our oil clients or kind of commercial clients website production. So we started building websites for these oil clients and one day I was in a shop buying a sandwich and a drink for lunch. And it was a newsagent shop. And I looked up at the magazine rack and there was a Smash Hits magazine yes. looking at me, which you remember from way back. Yes. And I just looked at it and I thought, I wonder if any of these bands have got websites. It was so early. 
So I bought the the copy, took it back to the office, sitting over my sandwich, looking through one pop-up to the next. Didn't know any of them. Wasn't my thing at the time so much. And uh, I thought, but the one on the cover must be good. And it was a boy band called Five. So contacted their management, said, you know, I'm building websites in the oil industry and I'm looking to move into another industry. And I offered them the whole website, the build, the marketing. I had no idea how I was going to do that at the time, but it did work out quite well. Um, offered them everything for free for 12 months because I wanted to kind of get into a, a different industry. So flew down, met management a week after, and uh, and then they said, let's do this. So the second person I met in the music industry was Simon Cowell because he was the head of the label at yes. the time. And I used to sit in the planning meetings every two weeks. Um, and then at one point, once we were up and running, um, Simon's PA called me. I was still based out of Aberdeen. I'd come down every couple of weeks to London. And uh, she called me one day and said, Simon, would like you to come down and tell him what the internet is. That's oh, how wow. early it was. Okay. So I literally flew down there, spent you know the best part of an afternoon talking about the internet. We then went on to build um, websites for All Saints, Beautiful South, uh, I also had a, a partner office in Houston, Texas, and it turned out Matthew Knowles was along the same floor, um, mm-hmm. who was Beyonce's dad. Yeah. And we ended up building Destiny's Child's first website, um, Montel Jordan. So yeah, we, we got off to a, a great start. And, uh, but from there, I got more involved in, in the kind of music industry and management looked super exciting. So. From there, I moved into artist management, and that's my uh, that's how I got started in this. How was dealing with the oil people compared to people in the music industry? Were they very different? The oil industry people were very organised, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying they weren't, but you know, you would you would be putting a new tool to market, and you do a huge amount of market research mm. and testing, and you know. But then with uh, with the music industry, sometimes you just You'd throw an act out, you know, back in the day, you would throw 10, 20 acts out as a label and, and hope one would stick and then it yes. would make up for the ones that didn't. Um, but we would never do that in the oil industry. We wouldn't put 20 bits of equipment out and go, well, let's just hope one of these, <laughs> one of these takes hold and we're, yeah. we're fine. You know, we had to make sure every piece of equipment could find a place in the market. So okay. that's, that was the, that was the difference I found. You know, I would sit in planning meetings, scratching my head going, Wow, this is how they do it in the music industry. It was so different. I think it's changed over the years now, but it's got so much more competitive and, and yeah. difficult to break artists. That transition from building the websites to becoming artist management, how did that happen? And was, an, was it an easy transition? There was a boy band, an Irish boy band called D-Side. Uh, this is many years ago. And I built their website. And on their first single, we achieved a top 10 uh, chart position. Mm-hmm. Um, we overachieved on the single based on the fact that I'd been building a fan base and a community on the internet for this band for around 18 months or so before the first single came out. And we had, I think at the time, it was like 40,000 email addresses. Okay. Um, and that helped us get a top 10. Anyway, that was the first band that I got involved to some degree in the management of. Um, we had three top tens in the UK when I wasn't managing them. And then I started managing them and we went off to Japan, had a number one 
in Japan and, and toured and went back there several times. But then I co-managed an artist who you recently had one of, had one of your podcasts called Sandy Tom. Um, I co-managed Sandy with a, with a, uh, a guy called Ian Brown. And that was my first foray into kind of success here in the UK, which was number one single, uh, number one, you know, multi-platinum album and, and number one in, in several countries and, and the biggest song of the decade in Australia. So for those listeners who do not understand or know what goes into artist management, what's a quick summarization of that? Oh, it's a bit of everything. You know, I, I once had an artist call me up. He'd just moved into a new apartment in London. He'd been there for about six months and because I keep getting these letters from the from the gas company saying I need to pay my bill. I've got to send them a meter reading. I don't know where the meter is. How do I find the meter? <laughs> I said, don't stress. I got in the car, went to his place. It was outside on the wall somewhere. It was difficult to find. Find it, did the meter reading, set up his payments, get, you know, schedule. Yeah. So you find artists are so busy with with their day-to-day being an artist and recording and promoting and sometimes they're running around all over the world or the country um that as a manager you end up picking up all these things that you know you remind them it's their sister's birthday tomorrow sort of thing mentoring the person you know a a new artist to begin with using your skills to to help promote them uh build their fan base build their community and you know potentially eventually go on to sign a record deal, which is getting very different now because it's not everyone's goal these days. You know, yeah. a lot of artists want to want to stay independent. So why is that? Why what's the difference between being independent and being on a record label? Um well the income is is you know can be a big thing for a start. Um because as an independent artist you can still retain a hundred percent of your income depending yeah. on the people involved in it. You know um but when you when you sign to a label Sometimes you're getting 30% of that, but then the label are investing a huge amount of money up front, you know, so, you know, they, they quite rightly deserve to be rewarded for that investment. Yes. You know, you do get a lot of artists saying, I want to stay independent forever, but then you look at the biggest artists in the world and most of them are on major record labels. Yeah. However, you take an artist like Little Sims who started through the AWOL process, which is a sort of, uh, invite-only distribution platform now owned by Sony. AWOL stood for Artists Without a Label, and ironically, it's now owned by one of the biggest majors yes. in the world. But um, but the ethos is still the same within within AWOL. And Little Sims kind of started there and went through the tiers and is now on the AWOL label. But you know, she still owns the rights owns the rights to her to her masters. Okay. So now let's dive into Musos, the the new app or website that's going to be coming out shortly. What motivated you to start this idea and concept? Back from my days building websites, I was always a bit of a tech geek. Um, always kept my finger on the pulse with tech advances in the music industry over the years. Um, even Sandy Tom, who I referenced before, we we broke her over streaming on the internet before YouTube. So, you know, that was using technology mm. within music. So I've always been super interested and I met a couple of people at the end of last year and originally went in as a, you know, potentially as a consultant for this music app called Musos and then very quickly became a co-founder of, of the company and totally, totally got it. So Musos is an app that rewards users, music fans for listening to music. 
and you can log in through your your DSP. So at the moment it's it's Apple. So you can sign in through Apple Music, and Musos app tracks what you're listening to in your Apple Music outside of the Musos app. And for each song you listen to, your day-to-day listening, whatever you normally listen to, you know, you receive 10 points, um, reward points within the Musos app. We're also offering uh, promoted discovery tracks from artists who want to promote themselves in music and find a, a new audience. And, you know, you can earn up to 100 points per song for listening to a, a brand new song you may ne- never have come across before. Um, or if the algorithm kind of pushes a song your way that you haven't listened to before, you can earn like 30 points. So there's a, there's a different scales of, of levels of earning. So it's, it's, it's like a loyalty reward platform for listening to music. Am I correct in saying that you have to listen to the full song in order to get the points, not like 10 seconds? Yes, you sh- I mean you should you should you should always listen to the to the full song. But yes, you can listen to a preview within uh, within the Musos app mm. and then if you like the preview you then go on to listen to the entire song and then receive your your reward. But yeah, that's that's exactly how it works. Yeah. And what do the accumulation of points give the listening audience? I mean, at the moment I think we've got some uh Sony noise cancelling headphones for 2,000 points, um, maybe an artist meet and greet experience for 100,000 points. Um, you know, there's a, I think there's a speaker, a boombox speaker for like 10,000 points. So it's going to vary. But then once we start to populate it with, with more users and with more, we're literally at day one at the moment, but once we start to populate it with more artists as well, artists will, will be able to set campaigns up where they're offering their merchandise. It can be, you know, a T-shirt or a ticket or a, a vinyl record, mm-hmm. or they can just say for, for a certain amount of reward points, you can get 20% off a ticket for my next show or something like yeah. that. You know? So it's um, it's just giving something back because I think there's a bit of fatigue in the industry with artists going, uh, do this, do this, do this, you know, listen to my song, pre-save mm-hmm. my single, buy my ticket, buy my T-shirt, and this way, we're still doing that, but we're, we're, we're rewarding them for doing that and we're rewarding them for their loyalty. Um, and, you know, we're trying to find those super fans. You know, every artist's got super fans. However, artists don't know who's listening to them in the DSPs, the streaming yeah. platforms. Um, they can tell roughly which city they're from or which country they're from, but they don't know who they are. They've got no connection. Um, you can go on Ticketmaster and, you know, buy a ticket for someone, but the artist never knows who the person is that's bought the ticket. So what we're trying to do is, you know, allow the artist to know who their, their biggest fans are through Musos as well, build communities or artist clubs within the app. And it's just that, you know, there's a hundred thousand songs being released every day. That that's increasing. I think I heard someone say last week it was 120,000 songs a day. Um, and, and 80% of artists have got less than 40 monthly listeners wow. on streaming apps. And they struggle to find their audience. You know, 24% of songs on streaming platforms. And this was taken from a headlining music business worldwide recently. Um, have got zero streams. No one has streamed. Not even the artists uploaded the song and gone to Spotify or Apple and streamed it. That's somewhere in the region of 38 million songs. 
And it's very, very difficult. And I've spoken to a lot of artists recently, you know, about Musos. And the question is, how do we even find our audience? We're on social media, but if, uh, or we're, we've released music into the streaming platforms. But if the algorithms aren't boosting our song and we're not being heard and no one's listening to anything, this is a way primarily for those artists that are struggling to find their audience to help build that audience. And also for the audience, it's creating an experience again, because previously, you know, you went to the store, you bought your CDs, you bought your vinyls. It was a whole journey. And yeah. for people who still don't, who don't do that anymore, I still buy my CDs. I love them. But for people who don't have that experience, music becomes like background. You know, it's on an app in the background, skip, skip, maybe a song they don't like. So this will allow a whole experience and interaction. With music, yeah, and it, it will. And and there's a. I won't dig too far into this, but there's a whole conversation around AI in music at the moment. Mm. And it's like, why you know people listen to song to music while they're driving or while they're doing their housework or out jogging or you know, do they connect with the artist? Does it matter what it is? Does it matter if it's an AI machine that's created the music? You know, for the day to day listening. Um, so the whole, that's a whole other conversation right now. But, you know, we want to create that connection, as you said, yeah. between the artist and the fan. And, and 5% of an artist's fans can be those super fans. Um, 5% of an artist's fans can support 50% of an artist's income at an yeah. early developing stage because they, they go from, you know, where, where the music becomes the, the fan's identity. They go from listening to buying a ticket to wearing the T-shirt and they sort of go from that emotional through to the financial investment. And then they buy every ticket and they buy, listen to every song and they, they, yeah. they buy every T-shirt, you know, and, and those, those are the super fans. I often speak to people and I say, do you know this song by that artist? And they say, they don't know artist names or song titles they just know they like that song so obviously yeah. those people are not the super fans <laughs> i'm guilty of that sometimes as well someone will say have you heard this song I'm like no but then you think oh god i have heard it on a streaming playlist somewhere but i haven't stopped and gone who's that yeah. artist you know i've just i've heard the song passively it is very one way with artists uh, uh, at the moment and we want to create that two-way channel of communication where it's like if you want to if you discover a new song and you want to listen to some more songs of mine, you'll be rewarded. And and Shopify recently put out a a figure saying that you know sixty six percent of consumers you know say the ability to earn rewards changes their spending behavior. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like you you you're loyal to the supermarket you collect your points through because you get a reward at the end of the month or whatever you accumulate it and you get some money off or a voucher for something. Same with airlines. You know, people tend to be loyal to one specific airline because they, they benefit from the rewards at some point. Um, and this is what we're trying to generate through Musos, you know, the, the, the loyalty from these, from these fans. Not only will they be able to listen to the artist's music, but they'll get rewards for it as well. So Gives them incentive to do so. Absolutely, yeah. And when I was building websites back in the day, we would build forums in these websites and we would have real communities. And every time I post an Instagram story, I still see a fan from an artist I managed. I took on in 2008 and she was a super fan. She would come to everything. She'd be replying to every post the artist posted. And 
she's you know she's still looking at all my stories I post on Instagram. Um, but we had a real community, and the fans could mm-hmm. talk to fans. When you've got fans talking to other fans, that's when you've got a real community. And um, and I think with the with the advent of social media, we lost that to a certain degree because a fan can follow three hundred artists and and. They're not having conversations in the same way with other fans. They're on a platform that's got, you know, so many different artists on it. But we feel that within Musos, within the artist clubs that we'll build into, this is features coming in the future, that we can bring back that sense of community around a music artist. And the because, fans. I mean, I find social media's filtered. Everything's filtered where you want that real conversation, the authentic conversation that's not filtered. Because it's about passion, and passion is never filtered. No, and and I remember a really good example of someone kind of going against the grain. This had been quite a few years ago now, but when the nineteen seventy five started out, I remember they were co- they went through three name changes. They were called Drive Like I Do, then they were called The Big Sleep, and then they were called the nineteen seventy five. And I remember going to see them in their garden shed performing to me, mm. the only member of the audience, and. um and I put them on their first show in London. And then when they started touring around the UK, they didn't have any social media. They did that deliberately. They had uh, their friend that used to drive the van and kind of be the tour manager, etc., would go out with a clipboard and collect email addresses. Uh, but what it gave the audience, they, they'd never seen this band before, they'd never heard of them, but what mm-hmm. it gave the audience is that sense of finding something that no one else knew about. And it brought yes. back a bit of that old school, I've just found this amazing band and no one else knows about it. I want to tell everyone about it. Yeah. You know, as I said, I think, I think that got lost, you know, that, that's definitely got lost in social media. You know, this is, this is part of, you know, why I'm so excited about Musos. So as a listener, how do I start on Musos, do I create a profile? Explain the steps. So, as I said, you can you can go to Musos and you can log in through your your DSP. At the moment, it's Apple Music, okay. so you log in through Apple Music and you'll have a profile page within within Musos, and you just start listening. You'll see the promoted discovery tasks that are in there, and and I quite like calling it rather than maybe tasks, not the right word. Task something like washing the dishes after you've eaten yeah. a meal, isn't it? But discovery is something exciting. So let's yes. call it, disco- you know, discovery. It's not tax, it's discovery. And you'll see the, the, the discovery, uh, tracks within the app. You will get rewarded with more rewards for those discovery tracks, but you can then go and listen to anything you want to and still earn points within the, the platform. But uh, as I said, it's day one. There's a, there's a long way to go. You know, there's a lot of, brands that we're in discussion with about how they can, you know, how we can offer some amazing deals and discounts and and free items to fans in return for their reward points. And as an app, we've, we've raised, uh, we've raised 330,000 pounds sterling um, on a 3 million pound valuation at this point. So we're off to an absolutely incredible start. I don't have to pay to join, am I correct? You don't have to pay to join, okay. no. You're, be, you're being rewarded. You're the one that's being rewarded. Okay. Um, but eventually, 
we're onboarding some artists at the moment and giving them campaigns and setting everything up. But eventually, you know, they will will offer an alternative to social media advertising for artists where, you know, social media campaigns are getting less and less effective. That's mm. just a fact. Um, there's so much noise on Instagram, yep. Facebook, Twitter, or Twitter's changing its name to X, I read this morning. You know, with Musos, it's a slightly different philosophy. And they'll be able to get exclusive content from the artists that they won't find anywhere else, potentially. Yeah. I mean, as I said, we'll be able to, artists will be able to set campaigns up. They'll be able to, you know, to, to purchase a campaign with a set amount of reward points mm-hmm. and go, this is how I want to market the campaign. You know, we'll know the listening habits of, of users. So we can, we can target specific genres, et cetera, and similar artists for that artist. You know, it's going to be a way more effective marketing campaign to directly listen to music. You know, you you put a post on Instagram stories and you can tell if someone clicks on the link, but you don't know if anyone's ever actually listened to it or if they've shared it with anyone, you know, and and you're going to be rewarded for sharing music within Musos as well. You know, with social media, people are just scrolling. So how much of that information are they actually absorbing? Where with this reward system... They actually have to be intentional and focused and enjoyment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's social media and streaming platforms are very passive. Yes. You know, and we're just trying to take that, you know, trying to take that away to a certain extent and, and make it, we're gamifying, if you like, uh, the music listening experience. We're kind of going, you listen to this and you'll get rewarded. And, you know, it, it, coming soon, there'll be leaderboards with the artists, biggest fans in there as well. So fans will be going, I want to be the number one fan. I want to be in the top 10. And, you know, I need to share this, you yeah, know, yeah. with as many people as I can and get many people to listen to it. And some of the big artists have their, like the Swifties, the Taylor Swift people and the BTS yeah. army. So if they all rally together, can you imagine what will happen then? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it could bring it to another level. I mean, if Taylor Swift wants to come on and promote her, you know, her next single Musos, she's very welcome. Uh, yeah. but as I said, you know, the, 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 the reason we've, we've launched Musos is for those artists that are struggling to find, you know, an audience. So you mentioned Apple. Is Spotify going to be also involved? There's the certain criteria to kind of get through for the approval of the app connected okay. with these DSPs. So at the moment we're building out a lot of the, the social aspects of the app because originally it was just the sharing bit we were originally going to start with. Um, but we're now building out a lot of the social, the sharing and the leaderboards and, you know, the gamification yeah. side of it, which then takes it away from just being an app that you're being rewarded for listening to music. We're building yeah. it out into, into much more. Um, and we'll add the artist clubs, which will bring that community side to it as well. So the plan is to kind of, you know, be able to connect whichever DSP or streaming platform you listen to music on, uh, in the not too distant future. For those people who don't know about it or why they should be invested in Musos, one sentence to get us motivated and excited about it. One sentence. Um, or two. <laughs> listen and earn, basically. You know, those, those are, you know, those are two of the sort of principles around, uh, around Musos. And experience. And yeah, and, and experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, listen, share and, and earn and gain a great experience and, and connect with other fans eventually. Yeah.